0: talked about fasting and we talked about um, denying ourselves and there there was some interest and there were some questions about um, what does fasting look like how do we understand fasting because fasting is I think one of those things that that was just a part of the biblical culture I think when the Bible was written people then kind of understood fasting they had a background knowledge of of what it was and why it happens and and just detail stuff that i don't think we have today you know it's it's not a part of our culture so much anymore so when the bible talks about fasting usually what it says is this person fasted and 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 here's what happened or jesus gives corrective in you know you're fasting but you're doing it this way and and god wants you to do it this way but we don't have just a, a a background information with that we don't have that that basic root understanding you uh, know it'd, it'd be like if we wrote something today and and just talked about daily life and someone from 50 years ago was reading it you know we we would say things like Xbox or iPad and they'd have no frame of reference for what that was and they'd have to try and get from context what what an Xbox is that's the problem that we have when we read and we talk about fasting you know we we don't have a cultural frame of reference for that you know we don't understand it very well it's it's just not the type of thing that, that we see every day. Uh, so I, I think what I what I hope to do and, and I've spent time in the past weeks reading about fasting and and praying about fasting and, and studying about fasting and you know a, a little bit actually fasting because it's probably good to, to do that if you're gonna talk about it. Um, two books that were especially helpful for me and, and have been in the past Celebration of Discipline and if if you haven't uh, read through this, I, I recommend it. I think uh, Richard Foster does a really good job giving some biblical depth to just a lot of spiritual practices and, and ways that we can seek God. Uh, but the chapter in here on fasting explains things pretty well and in addition to background, it also has a lot of just practical detail. And there was a textbook and this was helpful for me. It, it has just a short summary of a lot of spiritual disciplines. It's called Spiritual Disciplines Handbook, and it has, you know, three pages, just, just basic stuff on fasting, what it is, where it's mentioned in the Bible, you know, things like that. And, and one that was recommended to me this week um, that I hadn't read before this, but, but read as I was going through this week was, uh, it's called Fasting, which kind of makes sense, uh, by, by Jenison Franklin. And he's obviously someone who has more experience with fasting than I do. Um, I think every year his church begins the year with a 21-day fast, almost all of them. Uh, so he had some things to say about that as well that have helped to shape it. What we're going to do as we look through, we're going to go through several different Bible passages. We're going to answer some of the reporter questions, who, what, when, where, why, how, And then at the end, if if there are things that weren't covered well, or if I say things that that you have questions on, or if you just have questions in general about fasting, or if you have experiences you would like to share with it or, you know, comments on it, uh, that would be good, uh, because it's certainly something that, you know, I I don't have all the answers and I I may not explain everything, and I would love to to be able to help with that or to be a resource looking for things this week. Uh, So first of all, what is fasting? There are a lot of different definitions out there, but, but the biggest one, what they all kind of boil down to, is that fasting is denying ourselves. You know, whether it be of a, a want or, or even a need, it's denying ourselves to focus on God. It's denying ourselves to, to center on God. And, and there are other definitions, other ways to look at it, but if it's not that, at, at its heart, if fasting is not about God, then, then it's not fasting. You know, then, then it's something else, and it becomes uh, something that, that just it, it loses its heart. When I was in college, you know, because in college you have like, more disposable time than you ever have in the rest of your life, uh, my friends and I spent a lot of time not actually studying. We, we spent time playing video games and you know, making fun of each other. And at one point, that led to the conversation of which of us was the toughest. And, and not because, you know, that's what guys talk about. You know, we do. And it, it became who's the mentally toughest because I, I was losing the other one, and so we steered it to that. <laughs> Laughter, thanks. <laughs> um, and so who was the mentally toughest? Who had the most, I don't know, self-control, willpower, whatever? And, and one of the people came up with the idea, what we should do is we should just see who can go the longest without eating we're gonna start you know in in a week and whoever makes it the longest you know they they win because we have weird definitions of what a winner is sometimes but the more we thought about it and the the more we we spent time talking about it and, and laying out rules we realized that this isn't really fasting right because it wasn't focused on God because You know that that was just kind of a side thing because at that point the conversation was more about me you know it was about winning it was about being something else it was about a a means to an end in fasting the point is always god you know he is always what it is that you seek after in fasting it's it's never about something else so What I hope, if if nothing else that you hear in this conversation, what I hope you hear, what I hope you understand is is that in fasting, it's always, always, always centered on God. You know, that's why when we sing about worship, when we when we talk about why we worship, we worship because of God. We worship because that's just we we can't hold it inside anymore and we have to praise God. Fasting is the same type of thing. You know, it's it's always centered on God. That's the what. Uh, the why is kind of close to that. We fast because we we want to grow closer to God. We want to spend time deliberately focusing on God. You know, maybe there's a situation in our lives that that we want to invite His presence into that situation. Um, there are there are other effects. There are other things that that happen that sometimes people use as a why we fast. But I I want to say that if fasting is not first and foremost centered on God, then we've turned it into kind of some, some way of controlling him, some way of, of getting from him something else. And that's, that's the danger we have with fasting or with, with prayer or, or with worship. You know, so first and foremost, it's that we, we invite God into that moment in our lives, into that, that time in our lives in, in a unique and special way some of the effects, some of the other things that, that happen in fasting, you know, we want to be honest about those too because those are, those are real and the Bible talks about those time and time again. But, but first and foremost, we don't fast to seek after the things that, that God might, might bring into our lives or might give us in fasting. And, and each of these writers was very clear about that. Ev- everywhere you read about fasting in scripture, it's always, always about centering on God. Some of the other effects, I mean, first and foremost, is that you, you often experience an increased closeness to God during that time of fasting, during, during the time of deliberately centering on him and, and denying yourself. You feel a closeness in that relationship with him. A lot of the times we, we read in Scripture about effectiveness in prayer. People talk about effectiveness in prayer. When, when you pray and fast, Jesus says, that's how these demons are cast out. In in the book of Ezra, chapter 8, he writes, There by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from enemies on the road because we told the king the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him, but his great anger is against all who forsake him. So because Ezra had been boasting to the king, saying, you know, God's going to take care of us, he was afraid to ask for help when they made this dangerous journey with all their children, with all their possessions, going back into the promised land. And so they fasted and they prayed, and and in his words, they, they humbled themselves before God. It concludes in verse 23 with, so we fasted and petitioned our God about this, and he answered our prayer. Now, there are certainly times where the Bible is pretty clear about the fact that that in prayer and in fasting, you know, it, it, it can lead to an increased effectiveness. But we wanna be clear about the fact that just by fasting, just by praying, it doesn't make God do whatever we want. You know, we could want some things, we could ask for even good things in prayer and, and have that in mind and central during our, our time of fast, but it doesn't twist God's arm enough so that he gives us what we want. Because there are examples of that in scripture too. In 2 Samuel 12, we see David fasting. After Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had borne to David, and he became ill. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and went into his house and spent the nights lying on the ground. The elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused, and he would not eat any food with them. On the seventh day, the child died. You know, sometimes, sometimes prayer, sometimes fasting lead to an effectiveness in, in our walk with God and, and what we're asking for, but, but sometimes not. Because God is the end and he's not just a means to something else. And David's response to that was, was strange. You know, he got up, he, he washed his face, he, he went in and he, he sat down and ate, you know, saying for a while, For a while I was petitioning God but God has decided and God is sovereign and I accept from God what he brings you know so so closeness to God effectiveness in prayer oftentimes in my life I've I've seen fasting as as a time when God kind of provides direction for what we're looking for in life for for where do I go next what happens next you know if if you think back to some of those big moments in your life when you're seeking after God's will, when you want to invite him into that situation, maybe you're going through that now. Fasting is a way to invite God into that moment. You know, fasting is a way to say, God, I, I want to follow you. I desire to follow you. you know, please make your will clear to me. That's a time of seeking after his will, his direction for your life. Sometimes fasting is mentioned biblically and I th- think the, the book I read this week does a really good job talking about this. Fasting is a way to ask God to enter into this situation when you're going through a time of mourning. Well, there are times in the Bible where, where people grieve and, and their, their heart is just, just heavy within them and they, they fast because they, they just desire the presence of God in that moment. You know, because... in in all of their grief, the thing that they're they're most hungry for is God. Um, Fasting is a a way when we uh, identify with the poor and the oppressed. When we deny ourselves, when we go without, we realize just a little bit more what it is for those who who live this way not by choice. I mean, we, we enter into fasting, you know, uh, typically here in America as a, as a matter of choice. There are people who go without, people whose stomachs are rumbling, not not because they're seeking after God, but because they're, there just isn't food available for them. In a time of fasting, we, we find increased solidarity with those who suffer. And the Bible is pretty clear about that as well. In, in Zechariah 7 and then, In Isaiah 58, time and time again, the people are asking God. Here's what Isaiah 58 says. The people say, why have we fasted and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? God's reply is, yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for you to humble yourself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them, and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. There's something about fasting that, that I think makes us more aware of, of the poor, of the oppressed, of the afflicted, of those who suffer from injustice. You know, I, it makes sense that as we draw near to the heart of God, and in the heart of God, the Bible tells us we, we find his desire to care for and to love those who often don't have a voice for themselves. one of the one of the other effects and i think this is something that God often does in, in times of fasting or in times of denying ourselves when we fast when we give up something that that's pretty central to our lives even a, even a necessity like food often what you find happening is is that other things kind of come out you know foster writes about fasting and and finding out that that he became more angry with people during times of fasting How often when you're hungry, or you've missed a meal, or you haven't slept well the last night, or you're sick? What are you like at those times? You know, if you're like me, that's when you're not at your best. I I was sick about a week ago and I was awful to people. I mean, I was not not the me that I want to be. You know what I mean when we fast sometimes those things come out of us. When when we're hungry we just don't have the energy to to hide that anymore. You know and so I think God sometimes uses times of fasting to show us to show us what's there inside of us that sometimes we cover up and then we can ignore we find out those things that, that maybe control our lives, whether it be food, whether it be uh, you know, sleep, <laughs> whether it be vitamins. Those, those things that we try and use to, to regulate our own behavior, to, to cover up the fact that inside, maybe I'm just selfish. And inside, maybe I'm just impatient with people. Inside, maybe I'm greedy, maybe I'm angry. And I, that doesn't always come to the front because we have these controls set on ourselves. When you're hungry, you don't have as much control over yourself. When you're tired, you don't have as much control over yourself. And you start to see that, that inside you, and Foster pointed this out, he said, it's not the hunger making me angry, it's that I've got some anger that I need to deal with. I've got some things that God needs to do in my life to, to, to help me through this. Some stuff that I need to work on that I wouldn't have been aware of otherwise. Fasting is a time when God reveals to us a little bit about our own brokenness and the, the things that we hold on to. Those are some of the effects, but those are not the why. The why is always about seeking God and entering into the relationship with him. Uh, How do we fast? Uh, Just just real practically, typically what a fast is, is not eating. That's that's it. You know, you you can break it down different ways. I mean, I, I think the most common way is you don't eat food, you just drink water. That's kind of the standard fast. There are other variations. There are times in the Bible where people don't eat food, don't drink anything. Basically, nothing goes into their body for a set period of time. You know, typically with with that, like the the total fast, a day, two days, three days. There are a few people in the Bible who do that for 40 days. They're pretty clear to point out that that's kind of a supernatural thing. You know, you want to make sure God is... Is leading you that way before you go on that that total fast? Because just realistically, you know, I I don't know how many doctors we have here. I'm not a medical professional. Forty days with no water. It, if God is not deliberately, purposefully sustaining you, you're in trouble. Total fast, normal fast. You know, just just no food, just that. Um, sometimes they have a, a partial fast or. Um, People call it a Daniel fast. Daniel's an example in the Bible of, of a person who fasted from, from certain parts of his diet. In the book of Daniel, he says, you know, I'm, I'm not going to eat all the fancy stuff on the king's table, I'm gonna eat maybe just vegetables. You know, so that I can, I can deny myself that, I can deny myself all the pleasures of Babylon and focus on God. A fast, by the way, is not just me saying, I'm going to give up seafood Because, A, I live in Iowa and seafood here is bad, and B, I don't like seafood even where it's good. That's not a fast. That's not denying myself anything. My diet typically doesn't include a lot of fish. You know, I don't feel that, I don't mourn that, I don't miss that. If I were to give up meat, you know, and do what Daniel was doing, that's something that I would be reminded of on a pretty regular basis. You know, that's something that, that when I started to have that craving, you know, when I'd be watching TV and Burger King would come on, I would feel that loss and I would turn to God. And so that's a partial fast. You know, a different place in the book of Daniel, he gives up meat and bread and sweets and wine. You know, sometimes people will do a Daniel fast and they'll do that, just, just kind of fruits, vegetables, water, and maybe dairy. I don't know that there was a lot of dairy back then, but... Um, Partial fast is, is what some people will do in Lent where they, they give up something for these 40 days. You know, and, and it's something you give up that you miss, something that, that you feel when it's not there. People today often talk about a media fast. They've done studies with college students and, and other young adults about that age group and they take their cell phones away for a while. They actually go through withdrawal. Their hands shake. You know, they, they get more nervous. What would your life look like if all of a sudden, in a media fast, no TV, no computer, no cell phone? No radio. You know, take out some of that that technological media for a week. What does your week look like? Mine looks pretty different. You know, there would be times where I I would feel that and I would get a little restless, and those would be the times where where you stop and you pray and you, you turn back to God in that moment. The media fast isn't something they they mention in scripture, but it's something that's such a part of our society that I think could produce pretty similar effects. Granted, there's nothing really that you would miss as much as food, especially if you go for a certain period of time. Um, We'll talk about different groups that should or shouldn't fast in a a minute. Um, The other thing with fasting is, typically we think of fasting as like starting today and going for three days, seven days there's also more of a regular rhythmic uh, pattern that people have gotten into with fasting. I, I think our classist does something called first Friday fasts. The first Friday of every month, they've kind of coordinated it that, that people around the area will fast for some of the new church plants. It's, it's as a people gathering together and, and praying to God and, and asking his, his blessing and his presence on, on those ministries. By the way, if that's something you're interested in, you need to talk to Barb Hibma. She has details, but generally it's, don't eat on the first Friday of the month, pray about these groups. Um, It's, there is something about corporately entering into a fast together. In the book of Esther, she's about to risk her life by going into the king uninvited, and she asks her people to gather together and to fast and to pray for her. Uh, as much as God enters into to one person's life, I think God can enter into the lives of communities. God can enter into the lives of, of people joined together seeking Him. And that's that's another way to be thinking about that. And so it's it's just a rhythmic routine. I've known people who have given up, you know, consistently one meal a week, just Tuesday breakfast. And they they use that that hour to spend just extra time seeking God for that day, for that week, because they know something is coming up that evening. You know, people that'll fast every Thursday. They get into a, kind of a routine, a pattern of of seeking God deliberately in their life, week after week after week. Uh, let's see. We did what? We did why? We did how? Uh, when should you fast? Usually, I, I think the best thing is just to wait for the Spirit to bring you to the point where y- where you feel prepared to fast. You feel God kind of calling you to enter to that. And I'm not saying that so that we can use it as an excuse like, oh, I've never felt led to fast or I've never felt called into fasting because it's, it's not something we just naturally do on our own. But I do think there's a, a point at which God says, you know, really look at your situation and, and just seek after me right now. Call out to me. Spend extra time in prayer. Spend extra time in fasting. And I think if, if we're sensitive, if we're listening to that, if you feel God nudging you in that direction, you know, instead of questioning it, it, take that step and just enter into that time of fasting and, and see what that looks like for you. You know, See what it looks like to invite God into that moment, into that situation, to, to draw near to him there. Um, a lot of times we, we fast, and we've talked about this before, with mourning, with, with those special times in our lives. I think fasting as a community through, through loss, through, through extreme grief, there was a time where, where England was about to be invaded and the country entered into a fast together. Can you imagine what it would look like for an entire country? You know, not a big one, but, but just a little England type country to all enter into a fast together for a day to spend that time seeking deliberately after God, to spend that time you know, in, in prayer, to spend that time just, just filling the houses of worship, praying for God's presence in your community, in your, in your country. What would it look like if, if, if that happened? I mean, what, what would America look like? Do you remember the day after 9-11? Do you remember that evening, what it was like to, to sit in the church together and to seek after God? I mean, to turn on TV and, and hear people just just crying out to God and, and to hear people, you know, serious about their faith in a way that, that honestly, you know, you, you just don't see every day. Uh, those are some times. Those are some times when we enter into fasts. Uh, and last, who? Who should fast? One of the books talked about, you know, basically if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, you should Fast. There are those that think that and those that teach that, and I, I think that there's some background for that. But I, I think there's also you know, things that I've seen more from, from professors or from, from other books that have talked about the fact that there are certain groups that probably should not. If, if you're diabetic, giving up food for three days for a week, you know, that becomes a bigger issue than it is just for, for me to give up food for a week. they recommend they recommend something else go on a partial fast go on a media fast don't don't just stop eating for a week you know if if your body has some of those things going on hypoglycemia is another one that they've talked about people going through cancer treatment you know people who are suffering from kind of an ongoing illness should not should not enter into one of those times Um, liver disease they wrote down uh, if you're pregnant just wait. You know, there will be time later when you're not pregnant, when you're not nursing, fast then. Uh, because it's, it's not just you giving up something, it's, it's a developing child giving up something. Wait a year and a half and, and, and then do it. Or you know, give up pickles and ice cream for a while. You'll still be okay. But, but if you're pregnant, do not fast. Uh, they didn't mention it in the books, and, and some of the books are a little older than others. If you're someone who's, who's been struggling wi- with eating disorders, anorexia, bulimia, I mean, things that are becoming increasingly more and more common in our society, fasting from food is not a good idea right now. Until you've found freedom from some of those, those struggles, too much of your concern during this time, too much of your, your energy, your focus, your thought is going to be about, you know, what's happening you know, physically with your body. Fasting is not God's diet plan. It's not God's intent to make you thinner. It's not that God wants, you know, God wants a certain body type for his people. That's not what it's about. If, if that's a struggle that you've had, you need to find freedom from that before you can enter into this time. Otherwise, it's just, it, it's just too much to focus on God through that. Um, and, and young children. You know, their metabolisms are going at such a rate <laughs> and, and they, they're expending so much energy just by breathing, not that they ever just sit there and breathe. Fasting is not a good idea for them. Um, when I was student teaching in the f- spring semester in Iowa City and I was working with fourth graders, we had a fourth grader who, well I was there the spring semester, the fall semester, so a couple months before I had met him. Uh, a Muslim student who went through Ramadan that year. Ramadan is uh, it's on the lunar calendar, so it rotates when it actually falls. But when Ramadan comes, what Muslims do is they, too, enter into a time of fasting from sun up to sundown, nothing. No food, no, no water. They encourage people to begin this in adolescence because they, they understand this, too. When a, when a group, when a community fasts on a regular basis. They understand some of those things. It's a part of their culture, like it may not be always for Christians. And In spite of all that, uh, he was serious enough about his beliefs and serious enough about his faith to enter into a time of, of, of fasting for 29, 30 days while the sun is up. I mean, you eat a big breakfast early. You eat a big supper late. Through the whole day, you have nothing. Just as a a side note, to think about how serious I am about my faith sometimes, this kid was nine, and that's how serious he was about his faith. I'm I'm not saying this was a good decision, but you know where I was at at nine years old? Like the types of things I was serious about? I mean, it was food. That's, That's what was it, food and transformers. At nine years old... How serious are we about our faith? At, at other ages, how dedicated are we sometimes about our faith? I mean, for him to step into that at that point, I mean, I, oh, what a Christian this kid would make, you know? Um, he spent the bulk of his time during school kind of curled up on a beanbag in the corner because his body just couldn't handle like not not eating, not taking anything in for that long. I, if you're if you're nine, you know if 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 you're not if you're not to adolescence yet, give up your Game Boy for a week. You know, give give up give up something else. Enter into one of those times where where you're you're working to to feed other people or or to unleash the chains or to, or to break the yoke off others, but. But fasting from food at that point, it's not, it's not a good idea. Uh, There'll be time. (laughs) There'll be time for you to to enter into that and and to go through those times of fasting later. We see in the Bible, Jesus says, you know, he's going through a a teaching and it's when you give, when you pray, when you fast. People see that and, and they think, you know, some say, Okay, fasting's a commandment because he says, when you do this. And later on he says, when, when the bridegroom is taken from me, then my followers were fast, will fast. It's not, it's not exactly a commandment, or at least not in the way that, that we think of commandment. It's not Jesus saying, you must do this. That's, that's sort of the old understanding of, of what the law was for. You know, what, what I love is the understanding that the law is, is a gift that God's given us. Fasting is not something God says, hey, you must do this if you're going to follow me. Fasting is something God gives us because he loves us. Fasting is a gift that God gives us in, in our ability to, to seek after him, to invite him into these situations. And I think for, for all of the authors that I read and, and everyone I've talked to about it, that's, that's the way to look at fasting. Fasting is, is we, we seek after God. We desire the presence of God in our lives and we invite that in because, because it's a gift that he gives to his people. Um, do you have questions, comments, stories, anything else? Because that was understandably all over the place. So if there's anything else we want to add on to that or anything else we want to share, I, I would certainly love to try and Yes. Uh, the question was, can I give some of the biblical references, especially in the New Testament? Uh, I didn't write them all down, but, but here, are, here are some of them. In Matthew 6, that's where Jesus talks about when you fast. You know, when you fast, don't go about looking sad. Don't go about drawing attention to yourself in your fasting. You know, because fasting is something between you and me. You and me. And, and so often that's, that's, I think, why we haven't talked about it much is because first we, we don't want to draw attention to it, and then we, we don't see people doing it, and we don't talk about it, and then the next generation just doesn't do it. Uh, so Matthew 6 was one. Uh, John 4, with the woman at the well. Uh, Jesus is there, and he's, he's missed mealtime, and the disciples say, you know, Jesus, we brought you some food, and he says, you know, this this is more important to me than food. My, my food is to do the will of God. And in fasting, I think we, we find that as we take those times when we would be eating, when we're thinking about eating, and we, we focus on what God is and what he's doing in this world and, and how we, we can follow him and serve him. Um, I have Isaiah 58, which is called True Fasting, Zechariah 7, Ezra 8, 2 Samuel 12, Psalm, and I didn't write it down. I want to say it's like 38, 35. Uh, that's another one where, where David's crying out to God in that he was humbling himself, prayer, fasting, and, and didn't get exactly what he was after, but still praises God through that. And, and there are more. I kind of weaned it down to two pages, 10-point font, but I, that's a good question. Others. Others. As we continue, let's let's join together in prayer. Lord God, we know that there are things that that we don't often talk about and things that we don't often um, spend a lot of time thinking about, things that we don't often do or or focus on. And we pray, Uh, We pray, God, that you would continue uh, to open our hearts and continue to draw us near to you. Uh, We pray that uh, you would call us to be a people who would seek you in in denying ourselves. Uh, God, we pray that you would uh, use those experiences to to reach out and and to bless your people, uh, first and foremost, with yourself. Uh, Above and beyond anything, God, we pray that we would be a people who seek more of you and less of us in our lives. God, we ask that you could uh, use our times of fasting, use our times of of giving up ourselves uh, to draw us nearer to your heart, to reveal to us more of of who you are, uh, to work within us and to work within our world. God, we desire you. We seek after you. God, we pray that, that the hunger that you create inside of us for you would be more than the hunger we have for anything else. We pray that the, the need, the, the basic fundamental necessity for you would be so real and tangible to us that we would continue to seek you day after day after day. We pray these things in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.